0: Hello, Monetization Nation. Uh, Today, my guest is Gary LeBlanc. Gary has a Bachelor of Engineering and an MBA from McHill University. He is a life engineer and the founder and CEO of ZeroDB, an innovative organic beverages brand that helps people quiet the mental noise in their lives. ZeroDB is based on more than 20 years of neuroscience and is 20 to 25 times more effective than CBD. Gary is also the author of Find Your Superhuman, Unlock Your Unique Potential. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Gary.
1: Hey, Nathan. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Hey, can you share with us something that you are super passionate about?
1: Uh, Well, something I'm super passionate about right now is we're working on the content side of ZeroDB, which our tagline being Quiet the Noise presents an opportunity for us to create an ecosystem around helping people do the deep work. You know, our drinks are merely a catalyst to help people get some space in their life. So what I'm really passionate about is developing that whole life engineering context around it. I partnered with a friend of mine, Andrew, and we're really putting together some amazing tools, um, some amazing systems that people can really lean on to take action and help quiet the noise in a more substantial way.
0: Okay, let's go to your book. Let's talk about... Um, This superhuman ability that we have. Mm -hmm. And part one of your book is how the body works. Can you give us in a quick nutshell, a summary of, of the key points of that section?
1: Yeah. So the main parts of that section is um, how we actually deal with nutrients in our body. Um, So that was looking at the gut, how important the gut is, you know, um, really understanding some of the hormones um, that you have to manage, you know, be it granite. Um, be it ghrelin be it leptin it it's an engineer's perspective meaning you know what you really need to know to have enough basis for understanding what you're putting in your body and you'd you'd mentioned superhuman really our superhuman potential is simply when we align within ourselves both from a physical emotional mental and spiritual standpoint we're better able to connect with others so find your superhuman was the mind body alignment within ourselves but the superhuman really gets unleashed when we connect with others. That was the point of the book.
0: What are the most important fuels that we need to make sure our body is getting?
1: Yeah. So really it's about biodiversity. A lot of people have different diets. You know, people talk about macros, carbs, proteins, fats. I've never counted a calorie. Um, What I truly do believe it's getting back to nature. You know, one of the things I find really interesting right now is if you can get a handle on how your specific ancestors ate, you'll have a better idea of how your gut microbiome evolved and really how your genetics evolved. So when people look at these specific diets, I think it more has to do with what has your culture eaten over time. Those are probably the foods you're more tolerant to. And also the biodiversity aspect of it. Obviously we should eat more plants. Michael Pullen says it best, eat less, mostly plants. That's really the name of the game. So keep it clean, um, get a lot of biodiversity, you know, In my morning smoothie, I talk about this all the time. I have 26 whole food ingredients every morning. I've systematized it. It takes me seven minutes. But right there, I've checked off 26 whole food ingredients. So it's really about nutrient density per calorie. And you really don't want to think about it too much. So, you know, again, being an engineer, you try to find solutions where you can systematize the method.
0: I love it. I try to do a daily smoothie and I'm not as consistent about it as I need to be. And I try to make it in batches, you know, so it lasts me a week or longer. And sure. I grow uh, my own kale and put kale in it from my garden. I grow goji berries, which grow really well in the oh, cold where I'm from. And I put goji berries in it. Um, I, I have a whole bunch of ingredients and I do an almond milk base in it and, and a couple of different powders that go in it. So I'm trying. I'm not where, where you are. But I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to head that direction.
1: I'll send you my link, but that's a great start. You know, I, I, I romanticize having a farm and a garden. Um, I live in Canada. Um, I know you're in the States.
0: But I'm in Idaho where it's pretty cold. Oh, okay. So, okay. so even in Canada, you could probably grow groji berries. There's a lot of those that you could do.
1: Oh, beauty. Yeah, you, you know what? It really is. Um, it really is a way to, the whole slow your life down movement, right? the whole connecting with your food, we're always in such a rush to find these life hacks. But yeah. really, what are we trying? <laughs> Why are we trying to unlock all this time to what spend more time on Instagram or Facebook? Really, yeah. you know, <laughs> spending two to three hours cooking your meal and having a meal with your loved ones is probably the best way we could spend our time. So I love that idea. And I
0: cheat in mine. Mine has to taste good, but I figured out how to make it taste good and still have be filled with micronutrients. I find micronutrients. I find that if I put an apple in it, that I get a lot of that sweetness I'm looking for. Yeah. And I find if I put a frozen banana in it, I get that creaminess that I'm looking for. Yeah. And then I love I uh Excuse me. I love berries, and so I freeze berries, and I'll put way, probably way too many berries in it. Um, but but well, that, they're low
1: glycemic, so I wouldn't stress that too much.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I because so I put a lot of berries in it, and it gives me a lot of the wonderful flavor and yeah, and helps me.
1: So and they're loaded with with antioxidants. Berries' deep color is really yeah. a kind of a peek into how powerful they are from an antioxidant perspective. I put frozen banana as well um, to give it a bit of sweetness who wants to drink something for the next 50 years that tastes like crap. So there are ways to make healthy taste good. That's right. And
0: where I live, I can grow blueberries. I grow blueberries and blackberries and strawberries and raspberries. And, and then I can freeze them for the year. Mm-hmm. And so I can get fresh that's ones awesome. that I'm not even buying from the store.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: All right, so let's go to part two of your book, where you talk about disease and knowing your enemy. Let's talk a little bit about disease and, and what we can do to prevent disease in our life.
1: Yeah, so people often get bogged down into specific, specific solutions for cancer, specific solutions for diabetes, let's say. But really, I, I focused on cancer and diabetes, because those are two that we can truly have a huge impact on. Um, when we look at epigenetics, when we look at the environment we create within the body and outside of the body. So really what I focus on is if you look at diabetes, for example, this is something where, you know, you want it to be a numbers game, right? So you want to focus on things that are going to be, again, nutrient dense and, and, and keep the sugar down. That's an obvious one. That's, that's really type two diabetes is really a disease but more of a condition, more something we can we can control. Type one is something that that comes on. They used to call it, um, I think they used to call it child onset diabetes because type one was something that came early in life. But type two is a modern phenomenon, really. So really, it's about a numbers game. And when you look at cancer, obviously there's a genetic predisposition to certain cancers and each one has a different percentage, but it gets down to epigenetically, what kind of environment are you creating in the body? So when you look at your genetics, you can't control your genetics, but you can control the the methylation of genes, the activation of certain genes. And, and, And that's where epigenetics comes in. So you want to create an environment that you can basically, instead of having four bullets in the chamber, you have one, you know, there's always a chance that we're going to get these diseases, but we have more control than people think. And when it comes to cancer, obviously, there's certain things like, you know, when you look at processed food and nitrites, those have been linked when you look at organophosphates, so staying away from pesticides, um, that's been linked to lymphoma, you know, looking at Um, eating mostly plants, you know, a heavy meat diet has been linked to colon cancer, right? So again, there's all of these different things you can worry about, but really it gets down to, like I mentioned before, mostly plants and keeping it clean. Um, And that's really what I focus on because it truly is a numbers game.
0: Yeah. What really got me turned on to this years ago was Dr. Furman's eat to live book. Mm. I love that. That's one of my top 10 books of all time. And, um, He he talked a lot about the China study, if I remember it right. It's been years, so I could quote this wrong, but he talked about the China study and he found these different populations in China that kind of stayed in the same place. They didn't move Mm -hmm. around like in the United States and and they had very different diets where here in the United States, you know, we have the Carl's Jr. And the Taco Bell and the McDonald's all over the place, wherever you are. And so it's, we've all been kind of corrupted by that, but, but there in China, they were able to look at these populations where they ate Mm. very differently and was able to see that there were populations that had almost completely eradicated cancer and diabetes and heart disease. Some of these that you talk about in your book. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, I guess, as he says, and I'm, I'm going to quote it wrong, because it's been years since I read it, but sure. um, he says that meat doesn't cause cancer, but we have these predispositions within ourselves for cancer. And, mm-hmm. and when we do a diet that's overloaded with meat, mm-hmm. for example, that's just one of the bad foods we can eat, it mm-hmm. it unlocks those, those predispositions in our genes, mm-hmm. and it, it can cause cancer. And, um, and well, so, then, yeah. like, you, like you were talking about with the colon cancer, is, mm-hmm. as we reduce those nitrates and, and those things that, that are proven to cause cancer, um, it, can, it can radically prevent that. And as we shift to the plant-based diet, it can mm-hmm. fuel ourselves cells with the, the fuel that it needs to heal from,
1: yeah, from those from things. Within. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, he talked about a few things. So he also focused on milk. So he focused on casein protein. And really the mechanism of action that he highlighted in the China study was the fact that when you eat a lot of meat, you supercharge IGF-1. So it's a hormone that's been linked to cancer. It's a metabolic hormone. So really, it's a lot of correlation in his book. Um, I enjoyed his book. I read the China study a while ago, Um, but it really did show a lot of correlation with casein protein consumption, which was in dairy um, and meat consumption. Um, So it really was um, an interesting eye opener.
0: And there are populations of people that have eliminated those animal proteins from their diet that have extremely low rates of cancer and diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So this isn't just a hypothetical thing. This is, mm-hmm. this is shown.
1: Yeah. My... Well, you could look at the blue zones. So Dan Buettner wrote blue zones. Um, uh, I actually had the privilege of hearing Dan speak, but he looked at those five or six zones on earth. There's one in Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan. Um, I, I believe, um, Santorini in, in Italy, um, these places have a disproportionate amount of centenarians. And to your point, yes, they did have a lower meat consumption, a higher plant consumption. They ate very close to how their ancestors ate, but really the biggest, the biggest determinant to them living longer seemed to be actually community seemed to be relationships. And this was interesting. And this was supported by, um, a 75 year study out of Harvard that said, the most important, um, the most important predictor of a long life was relationships. So it is super interesting to look at these cultures because they still drink, but they drink with their friends. It's not in excess, right? They do consume meat, but not in excess, right? So it's a very balanced, a very balanced lifestyle. Um, so it's really interesting to see how they live.
0: I love that. That just resonates with me. And I, I'm not as good on that as I need to, but I I'm really trying to, to sure. eat that way. Okay. So that's a good segue into section two of your book. So in section two, you have a part one that's foods to live by mm. and a part two that's foods to drive by. Can mm-hmm. you explain the difference of, of what those two um, parts are and and kind of talk us through those different foods that fit in those two parts
1: yeah so part one is fairly simple um we don't need to belabor that point but it's really getting a mix of good low glycemic um, vegetables and fruits right so when you look at the kales when you look at the brassica family cabbage kale broccoli these are cancer fighters these have the brassica family has a lot of cancer fighting agents right then you look at berries berries are low glycemic loaded with antioxidants um, and then you look at other, other other specific foods like sesame seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds. You get your omegas in those. Um, you get um, um, insoluble fibers out of celery, so prebiotics, right? Everybody yeah. talks about probiotics. And a lot of
0: brain foods too,
1: exactly. So when you look at brain foods, you know. Uh, they often talk about um, omegas, right? So there's a lot of natural way ways to get your omegas. But again, when you look at fish, there's a lot of fish that are fairly toxic now. So yeah. when you talk about fish, it's quite interesting because fish have typically have a lot of selenium, which chelates to toxins, but there are some fish that are so contaminated that you don't get that benefit. So you want to look at fish that are low on the scale of size, right? So you don't want yeah. that bioaccumulation. So sardines, um, is an amazing? I know it sounds boring, but sardines are an amazing, um, source of omegas, but there's a few things we have to supplement, right? So D three, if you live in Canada, we should be supplementing D three. We should be supplementing omegas, right? We can't typically get enough in our diet, yep. you know, and we should be looking at other things like iodine and kelp. So, there's a lot of good things we could look at when we look at the foods we should drive by. It really gets down. Hold on, to, real quick before we yeah, go to cute, the drive by. Yeah.
0: So the way I'm dealing with that issue is is I'm putting a scoop of flax seeds in my daily um, superfood smoothie, and then I do a small hand. I'm trying to do a small handful of walnuts each yeah, day.
1: That's great for your heart. To eat
0: with my smoothie. So what do you think? Do those give me the omegas? Does that satisfy that requirement
1: sufficiently? If you look at research, it doesn't unless okay. you're consuming a, a heck of a lot of that um, okay. when you look at flaxseed I believe the the prominent Omega fat in flaxseed is ALA so your body has to produce that so your body works quite hard to then transform that into EPA and DHA So um, it really is you know they typically say about a thousand milligrams of EPA. Um, to have the benefits we're looking for. That's a lot um, to get from a diet. So I would still look into some high quality fish oils um, to supplement what you're doing for sure.
0: Okay. So let's go to your part two foods to drive by.
1: Yeah. So foods to drive by there's the obvious ones. So processed food period, it's either high in salt, um, which is, you know, again, it's a problem. Uh, for high blood pressure, for cardiovascular disease. Um, and then really I focus a lot on pesticides, right? I focus a lot on, okay, what can we do to avoid, you know, th- those dirty dozen? You know, there's a there's a list called the dirty dozen um, fruits and vegetables that you should really choose to eat organically. So I try to focus on that. There are some fruits and vegetables that you might not n- need to eat organically. When we talk about organics, it starts to become a, you know, kind of a select a select conversation and people get a little offended by the fact that we think everybody can afford to buy organic yeah. they can get expensive so you want to make smart choices but really if you eliminate processed foods and you start to control what you consume then it really becomes a whole food conversation and biodiversity so you don't have to worry so much about these specific things you just have to avoid the real nasty culprits and again dairy dairy is a coin flip you know we really didn't evolve We drank dairy. If you're Northern European, you have a lot of lactase comparatively, right? But it's not necessarily something we should be consuming if you look at most of the research. But you know what? This flip-flops all the time. So it's super tricky. One day, eggs is vilified, and the other day, eggs is a superfood. Um, So I, I try not to get bogged down in the zeitgeist of the day. I just try to keep things pretty organic from a whole food perspective. And,
0: and the other point there is balanced as I've read about eggs and tried to make a decision about eggs myself. It seems like the answer I've come to is there is, there's some benefit in eggs. If you do it in moderation, Mm -hmm. if, if you do a lot of eggs, you know, the research seems to show that's, that's unhealthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Just in general, moderation is important when you look at eggs It's kind of a conversation that never ends because eggs are high in cholesterol, but they're, they're higher in high density lipoproteins, right? So they theoretically improve your cholesterol balance. We need cholesterol. Every cell membrane is made of cholesterol. Cholesterols are used to make proteins, You, you know, cholesterol has been vilified, but we do need cholesterol. It's really the balance of cholesterol. That's more important. And obviously when you get to an incredible level of cholesterol, there can be adverse effects, but again, in moderation makes sense. I used to eat, um, 21 eggs a week and, uh, you know, uh, my blood and my, all my, all my biomarkers were fine. Um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not prescribing that, you know? (laughs) All
0: right. Let's go to section three of your book, toxins, the ugly truth. What would you like to, to teach us about that?
1: There's an interesting, uh, book called, um, oh, I forget Uh, the author was Doris Rapp. And she really dug deep into, and what I just focus on, because I don't want to repeat myself, you know, when you look at phthalates, so phthalates are in our xenoestrogens and basically everything plastic right now. So when we talk about toxins, we got to look at what we can control. Okay. I live in a city. I can't control the xylene and the toluene and the formaldehyde coming out of the cars six floors below. I can't control that. So I buy an air purifier and I do my best but I can control a lot of the xenoestrogens that I'm exposed to. So be it linoleum floors, um, be it shower curtains made of plastic, um, be it plastic bottles. Now, again, people say that PET is fine, but 10 years ago, um, I believe it it was BPA was fine, right? So you want to avoid a lot of the plastics because a lot of the phthalates, which are again, xenoestrogens, which mess with our, our, our hormonal activity. And there's a ton of research there you know, we want to limit that exposure as much as we can. For me, the biggest toxins, the biggest way that I manage toxins is I have a water purifier. So I have a Berkey, which purifies fluoride yeah, and, and chlorine, Berkey. you know, um, there's very few reverse osmosis does a great job, but it's also hard in the environment. It's a four to one ratio for every four liters you would put through that you'd get one liter. So again, in a lot of areas where water is precious, that's not a good solution. So I have a Berkey for that. I have a great air filter in my bedroom. So I create this cocoon in my bedroom that at least I know the air in my bedroom for eight hours is incredibly clean. And I find that is just almost therapeutic knowing that I'm going to be rejuvenating. Yeah. And then obviously the foods that I eat, and I've really reduced all plastics in my life, even down to even down to Tupperware. I don't have any plastic Tupperware. I don't buy anything in plastic as much as possible. I live next to a market, so I'm lucky. So that's really what you want to do. You want to identify the big culprit, and do your best, but you can't get stressed over it because we live in the city typically.
0: I love it. Okay. The last section of your book is keeping the body tuned up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you give us some of your best
1: advice for doing that? Sure. This is another one where everybody wants to come up with the best latest workout. You know, uh, 95% of this could be just just really moving. And for people, I say there, there are three areas. There's stretching, And that's more for injury prevention um, and for muscle growth somewhat. There's moderate cardio. um, And moderate cardio, what that does is it just helps improve circulation throughout the body. It's almost like when you look at river tributaries, the more moderate cardio you do, the more you expand those capillary highways. And then you have on the other side of cardio, you have high intensity cardio. So that'll increase your VO2 max. That'll increase the strength of your heart. So you want stretching, you want those two types of cardio. And then really the kicker, if you want to be healthy and happy when you're older is resistance training. You've got to load your body. Everything's about time under tension. And I love this metaphor because even when you look at mindfulness, mindfulness is all about time under tension. We meditate so that we can train the mind to notice just like for our muscles we do those reps to actually increase to adapt to the rest of our lives where we prevent injury where we're more vital you know like you look at jane fonda i don't want to Highlight Jane Fonda, but she's incredible. I think Jane Fonda is 88 now. And if you see her, she doesn't look like somebody who's 88. She's vital. She walks around where she's solid. She has a spring in her step. And that's because she's always had this resistance training element. So when you look at bone density, when you look at maintaining your muscles, really, if you don't lose it, your body's going to atrophy. So those are the three areas, stretching, two types of cardio, and any resistance training. They say that even doing two workouts a week, you can maintain your muscle mass. Now, if you want to increase your muscle mass, three workouts a week is typically the number. And I'm not going to get into the number of sets, but there's really no new, new news there. We want to get a moderate load on our body to have it adapt. And if you pay attention to your body, you'll know what works for you. And that's what we want to do. We want to get to know our body more. And all you need is a mirror. You don't even need a scale.
0: Thank you so much, Gary, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, our superhuman potential comes when we align within ourselves from a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual standpoint. As we do this, we're better able to connect with others. Number two, we should fuel our bodies with the right foods. This means eating more vegetables and fruits while avoiding processed foods, too much meat, and pesticides. Number three, we have more control over our health than many people realize. We can prevent disease by eating healthy, staying active, and developing healthy relationships. Number four, to help our bodies stay healthy, we should stretch, do cardio, and implement resistance training into our weekly schedules. And finally, number five, as entrepreneurs, once we're aligned within ourselves, we'll be more capable of helping others through our business. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about or connect with Gary, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his website GaryJamesLeBlanc.com and his blog DrinkZeroDB.com or check out his book on Amazon. And there's links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you strive to live a healthy lifestyle. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.